Welcome. We're Jackie and Brian, and this is As the Ice Cream Churns. Together, we founded Ample Hills Creamery, one of the most beloved ice cream brands of the last decade. Then we lost it all. We filed for bankruptcy a day before New York City shut down due to COVID-19. Now, someone else owns Ample Hills, and we're out of work. But we're ready to start over. Come join us for an exploration of what went wrong, and more importantly, what comes next. Our guides are close friend, Debbie Rosen. She created the cracked cookies in our hit flavor, salted cracked caramel. When she's not baking, she's a therapist. We thought she could help us navigate these troubled waters. Let's get started. Hey there. Hi. Hey, Debs. We ended last week with the bankruptcy and you leaving Ample Hills. What's the plan now? What are you working on? Oh, well, I, I wish I could say that we're working on opening up a new shop and, you know, a floor plan and uh, designs for new flavors and all that. Unfortunately, what we've learned in this process is that um, there's a lot to do. There's a lot of baggage that comes from the experience of having gone through the business's bankruptcy before we can really get to the point of starting over. Um, it's just, you know, it's not, it's not as easy as just saying go. And the reason for that is, unfortunately, we have to go back to the beginning again uh, and to this concept of what's called a personal guarantee. It's not something we've sort of discussed over the last uh, few episodes. And it's not something that related to us when we started the business, because when we opened that first shop uh, on Vanderbilt Avenue, we did it with our own money. You know, we'd had that $200,000 or so, and we put that into the business. And so um, there were no loans, there was no debt, there were no uh, relationships with anybody. There was just our own money that we were putting in. But over time, um, you know, as we grew, we went to the bank and we went to the bank and we borrowed three and a half million dollars to help pay uh, for all that build out. I mean, using your own money is scary. Yes. But what does it feel like to take out a loan of three and a half million dollars? Well, again, it didn't seem scary at the time because all we're thinking about is all of this future growth and the plans that we've got and the excitement around it and the brand was hot. And so it, it um, I don't know, it didn't have the weight that maybe in hindsight uh, it should have had. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, when you go to get that loan, that three and a half million dollar loan for your business that's relatively young, uh, the bank requires what's called a personal guarantee. And what that means is you are personally guaranteeing the loan even if the business fails to pay back the loan. So, you know, in retrospect, that's pretty overwhelming because that's three and a half million dollars that we're personally liable for. At the time, again, it didn't seem very scary because you're growing, you're unstoppable. Who cares if you have to sign a guarantee? I mean, 
also we didn't have any assets we didn't have three and a half million dollars sitting around in our in our house we yeah didn't... it seems like play money in a way you know because yeah. it wasn't it <laughs> yeah. we didn't we didn't have anything that you know uh you know we were worried about losing because right. we, we we were barely i mean we were we were taking salaries at that point but it wasn't as if the salaries were you know anything crazy right. or you know there, there were people that were you know making much higher salaries that worked for the company with us so you right. know it wasn't you know, in terms of a loss, we didn't we have anything nothing to, to lose. lose. We had nothing to lose. <laughs> yeah. And so also, it, when you think about it, when you're in that position, um, you really have no other choice as a uh, entrepreneur with your business. If you want your business to grow, you have to take these risks. And you know, if if you can't do it in any other way except for getting that personal guarantee, what would have the option been? The option would have been that Ample Hills couldn't have built out a factory, couldn't have grown, uh, couldn't have done the things that we did. So, you know, we did it. We signed that personal guarantee. Um, it was three and a half million dollars from the bank, which was three and a half million dollars more than we had. Um, so the thing is, the the problem with starting over now is that if we go to start over, I mean, we obviously don't have money. So starting over means bringing in new investors to support a new enterprise that we want to do. Right. And, you know, fortunately, because of the brand that we created in Ample Hills, we still have a lot of people out there that, you know, believe in what we do and what we have to offer and that have sort of rallied around us and said, you know, that they want to help help us start over and participate in a, in a new thing. But if we were to raise all that money, say yesterday, today, tomorrow, um, and we have this personal guarantee sitting there, three and a half million dollars, then those creditors, the bank and other creditors that we have from uh, the business from our personal guarantees, they could come after that new money. Um, they can come after that new business, which would basically be a non-starter. You can't start the new business if they're going to be able to take all the, the money that it would take to build the new business. And so it's a catch-22, which leaves you with really no other option but to file personal bankruptcy, which we did yesterday. So it's like we went through the business bankruptcy, uh, which was a chapter 11. Uh, chapter 11, of course, was an effort to start over, to sell the assets and to, to, to come back out of it. For personal bankruptcy, we filed chapter 7, which means lights out, liquidation on us, um, which means that any assets we have uh, get sold. And then that money goes to pay off uh, the creditors. The whole point of Chapter 7 is you're trying to discharge that debt you owe. So if you, you go through it, you go through the whole process of the Chapter 7 process, and then you, you, know, you have a clean slate. You've wiped clean that debt, and you can um, start over um, because you've discharged that debt. As an aside, just, you know, nothing to do with the Chapter 7, unfortunately, but there's something else that um, doesn't get discharged um, via the, the Chapter 7 bankruptcy, and that is um, 
sales tax. So it's a little bit com complicated. It's a little bit uh, in the woods, but I think it's worth sort of uh, going through and talking about because it's uh, one of the things that I think our mistakes and our, our um, uh, things that we did wrong might be able to protect some people in the future from making the same mistakes. So I sort of want to uh, take a second and uh, explain uh, what I'm talking about. When you sell a product anywhere, um, you collect sales tax, right? So we would sell scoops of ice cream for $5 and the sales tax on that to the customer is 8.5%. So on $5, they're paying 5 uh, 50 or something like that. I can't do the math in my head. But in any event, you're collecting that sales tax as a business, which you collect, but then you hand over to the state because it's, it's the New York State sales tax, right? So in October of last year, when we started to really uh, run out of money and we were struggling to pay the bills, we stopped paying rent. That was one of the first things we did, right? In all of our uh, shops. Um, the last, last, last thing you can't pay and still be in business is payroll. If you can't pay your employees, you, you just, you know, you're, you're done. You file chapter seven, you liquidate, the business is over if you can't pay your payroll. So you're always trying to protect your payroll with the dwindling money. Around that time, you know, I had directed our um, finance team to stop making any payments on anything that was not absolutely essential to pay. Um, unfortunately, one of those things that they then decided to not pay that was considered not essential was the sales tax. If you knew this information at the time about the sales tax, would you have it directed your financial team to pay that? It's a tricky question. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, because the thing is, we, um, I guess to understand the gravity of what you're asking first, I just need to explain that that sales tax is uh, considered a trust tax and it, it, it has to be paid. And even if the business doesn't pay it, the real sinker that I didn't understand yeah. then is that the officers of the company, which is Jackie and I, are personally liable for that money. I did not understand that at that moment. Um, had I understood it, uh, I certainly w would have been more hesitant to right. have not paid it. But if we hadn't paid it, I mean, if we had paid it, then we would have had less money to make payroll. And we would have been in a much more uh, dangerous position in terms of heading into bankruptcy sooner than we did. Right. And every single second of every single hour of every single day during October, November, December, January, and February was trying to avoid going into bankruptcy. We, you know, we didn't think we were going into bankruptcy in October, November, December, mm -hmm. and January. We were trying to avoid it. We knew that it was a worst case scenario, but we were trying to do everything we could to avoid it. And so when you're in that mindset, you're not thinking, oh, if I don't do this, then and we lose everything, then I'm going to owe these tens of thousands of dollars in sales tax. Right. You're just you're just not going there. Should we have gone there? I, I don't know, because uh, we probably would have been in the same position anyway. I mean, we would have lost everything, but then we wouldn't have owed the sales tax. But it right. gave us a fighting chance 
Um, unfortunately, yeah, so this is one of the things um, that we also were personally liable. And the reason I, I brought it up is because that sales tax that we're personally liable is not dischargeable through personal bankruptcy. That's the real kicker mm -hmm. that I didn't understand until after this process played out. So even though uh, if we're successful and we can go through this Chapter 7 process and discharge that $3.5 million of debt, uh, which is almost laughably high, we can't discharge the sales tax. Like we'll still be paying that off for, for years from now you know, as, as we go ahead. I mean, it's not something that Ample Hills, the new company that bought Ample Hills, was uh, liable for, um, at least not legally liable for, to, to, to have to pay that back sales tax. Um, they only had to pay the sales tax from with, within the bankruptcy, but they didn't have to pay it from before. Mm, you know, yeah. whether they should have paid it is maybe an open question but in any event regardless uh, we're left with that debt we're left with that but to go back to the the issue of bankruptcy just to sort of walk through the steps of the personal bankruptcy um it might help people sort of understand uh, the the process i mean step one you gotta hire a lawyer so you have to spend more money. money yeah more money that you don't have because yeah. you're filing personal bankruptcy um and then you have to put together a list of all the assets you have. Assets. L yeah. What? Assets. Assets. <laughs> luckily, I guess. Uh, yeah, luckily. That's a very short list. Yeah. Well, I think there's, um, I just want you to talk a moment about, I know you're saying you don't have assets, but I think there was a perception because you were so successful for so long that you guys had a lot more than maybe you did. I just thought you could speak about that. That's, um, that's, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, and I know that there is a perception about that. And, um, you know, as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, you, you actually give up a lot because you're, you're putting all of those hopes and dreams into the future of what you might have, you know, eventually. And so therefore we, we didn't take high salaries. We didn't, um, ever, uh, achieve, uh, you know, su a success where we could purchase a, an apartment, a home, um, you know, it, it, it never. Right. We'd taken all that money and put it into the business. Right. So we didn't have it sitting in our bank accounts. And Correct. We, right. right. So. We had nothing. Right. We, so we, you know, we were living, you know, okay. We were living, we were able to, you know, I mean, we couldn't send our kids to private school. I'm not that I wanted to send my kids to private school. <laughs> I'm not a proponent of private schools, but um, I'm just saying, you know, that if we had wanted to, we couldn't have done that. I mean, there was, you know, we were living, you know, in New York City, you know, uh, as middle class people um, and, um, but not in any other. Yeah. I mean, we were certainly doing well. We were just not, you know, we're not, we did not have a giant um, set of assets. We didn't have a second home. we had no home. savings. Right. You know? we, had no, we had, savings. had no savings. Most important. So, yeah. you know, that's why we, you know. Yeah. So it's, in, in that sense, it's an easy personal bankruptcy case because it's considered a no assets case. Um, we don't own a home. So if you own a home and you're filing personal bankruptcy, you're going to have to sell that home and that money goes back to a creditor. If we had a second home, a summer place, you'd have to sell that. 
Um, if you have, you know, ex valuable paintings or really nice jewelry, you have to sell that. So the first step of filing personal bankruptcy is to go through the litany of your, you know, your assets, you know, and your 10 year old TV is not really going to be an asset that somebody can sell and generate <laughs> value. I mean, we do have a car and that was one of the big things that we were worried about, you know, uh, I don't know if we were worried. So uh, I was worried that, you know, we'd have to sell the car and not <laughs> that, that be able to be have a car because, you know, but you are allowed to have a car in personal bankruptcy. I, I think um, it, it sounds to me like the lack of assets that you had was a, sort of led you to take the risk that you took. Mm, yes, absolutely. Probably, yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. And, you know, and that's a really good point, actually. I mean, even when we were signing the personal guarantee, I remember when we signed that personal guarantee on that three and a half million loan of thinking it was kind of laughable that they wanted a personal guarantee right, from me. Right. And I remember making a joke about how I didn't have anything. Um, and um, I guess that's not necessarily the case for all entrepreneurs. I, I assume that most entrepreneurs don't have much because that's why they're entrepreneurs and they're starting businesses to make something. But if you do have, you know, uh, three homes and uh, multiple cars, you're going to have to sell them. I mean, had we had a, a Porsche SUV, we would have had to have sold that. And instead, you know, the car that we had, you can have a car, it just can't have, it can't exceed a certain value uh, in that process. So we've learned a lot about like what you can have and what you can't have. Um, the whole process is, you know, pretty humiliating, uh, just like the chapter 11 business process is humiliating. I mean, you have the lawyers, the creditors, everyone's looking into your personal stuff and the decisions that you've made to get here, um, the finances, it's all very... Um, public. And then you have to take courses. I mean, we had to take a an online course and um, good business, not good business, and good finance practices and good budgeting and and home budgeting. I mean, it was it was pretty funny because of course we were in bankruptcy and personal bankruptcy because we'd had business bankruptcy. The online course is sort of written in a in a different way, and so yeah, it's not as if we you know maxed out our credit cards. We didn't even have any credit cards, right. so it wasn't it wasn't a, a per, it wasn't a personal uh, right. situation. It for wasn't us. bad decisions on the personal front. It was obviously bad decisions on the business front that led to the personal bankruptcy. But the, this online course, you go through and you 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 fill out what assets you have and and then how much money you spend every month on um paper goods and how much money you spend every month on clothes and dining out and movies and then after you fill all those things out um then it comes back with these <laughs> recommendations and it, it would be like um you've spent fifty dollars on movies last month based on your salary of zero dollars we recommend that you rent a movie instead of going out to the movies you know, <laughs> things like that or um you know we see that you spent a hundred dollars going out to eat you know um based on your salary of zero dollars perhaps you should make food at home you know <laughs> so it's that kind of a process um it was uh you know uh a little bit um humiliating and uh, amusing um but we have done it. We filed yesterday. Uh, it's, you know, start that process has started and now 
now we can really start over. I mean, um, we're looking we're looking to open a new shop, a new gathering spot, um, some fun changes from Ample Hills, things we learned along the way. We even think we might have found the perfect spot. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yes, I think so. Uh, but, you know, it's a challenge. Um, you know, you have to, we really do have to be in love with the, the space and um, have a landlord that's willing to talk to you when you've gone through two bankruptcies. So what's the first thing that you would do differently with this possibility coming up? Boy. I mean, I think that we look at the finances and watch the finances like a hawk. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, you know, when we started Ample Hills, I never even counted the money. You know, I would put it in a brown paper bag and take it over to the bank, and the cashier would ask how much money I was depositing, and I'd say, I don't know, don't you have a counter? You know, and they'd put <laughs> the money in the, the machine, and it would go... Yeah. You know, and it would count the money. And I would say, that's going to count it better than I can. And she would just berate me. I mean, the actual teller at the bank, I still see her occasionally. She would berate me because I didn't even know how much money we're depositing. I was like, well, it's more than we're spending, so we're good, right? Brian used to walk to the bank with, like, you know, uh, change, like actual, yeah. like, you know, heavy yeah. bags filled with change. change cash and so but i mean yeah we, we, we would do that differently i mean 100% we would yeah we know how to create a budget now we know we an know excel that. spreadsheet i didn't even know what that was no, so no yeah, those would be the big things those uh, would be the big things i think some of the things that we we did so wonderfully well at ample hills we will um even do better now just storytelling yeah. and um creative flavors which yeah. you know we're constantly coming up with new fun amazing flavors which we we just can't quite talk about it no quite yet no 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 we can't um we can't talk about it yet um we need a few more weeks to be sure it'll all work out and then um we'll do an episode about you know the new concept the new location um and um, in the meantime, we'll, we'll take a detour and discuss questions. Um, and thank you, by the way, for all the questions that have been submitted. Um, I, I got them, we've got them, and we're definitely gonna um, get to answering them. Um, so, and if you, you still wanna submit questions, please DM as the ice cream churns, um, at as the ice cream churns with any future questions. Um, but, um, but next week, I think we're going to talk a little bit more and explore what it means to try and run a business with your husband, your wife, your partner, um, and raise a family at the same time. Very important. Looking forward to that. Thanks, Debbie. Thanks, Debsons. Bye. Bye. Bye.